as a test, let's see, let's see how many people he drew for a Friday night game against Huntsville. Yeah, three. Three. <laughs> oh, to be gentle. Twenty-five hundred. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. So, all right, welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Our fearless leader, Tim, has a temperature that has three digits in it before the decimal points, so he's not here tonight. So we've got Dustin. Hey, everyone. And Matt. Uh, hello again, everybody. And, of course, uh, I'm Rob filling in for Tim tonight. So um, we'll get started tonight with season predictions. We're just going to kind of give a quick little chat about uh, where we think things are going to go in the CCHA this year, which still – Feels odd to come out of my mouth instead of the WCHA, but it is it is the new letters that start our league. So, Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's start off with with Dustin. Where do you think Tech is going to end this year? Well, I think kind of building off some of the discussions we've had in previous podcasts, at, at this point, I'm pretty optimistic um, for a lot of the reasons that we've already talked about. Uh, the team is experienced. The team is deep. The team is talented. Uh, there isn't a phase of the game where they seem to be particularly vulnerable. Uh, Goaltending, def- defense, uh, forwards, you know, all groups you know, seem to be pretty strong. To me, it's a recipe that should result in success. It should result in a playoff run. So my expectation overall for the season is – that uh, we will have a, an NCAA tournament berth and and one win in the NCAA tournament. I I think they I think they make it into that group that final eight. Um, I don't think I don't think they're going to go into that first round game as a one or a two seed, but I think they upset whoever it is that they play as a three or a four and give us a little bit of excitement in March. Yeah, it would be nice to not be disappointed to travel somewhere long and far to watch watch a gut-wrenching style loss <laughs> for a change. To be fair, nice Michigan to... Tech fans, is there anywhere that isn't long and far to go? <laughs> uh, the, the once Barry, upon a time, the once a... pretty close, and it tends to not be gut-wrenching there recently. <laughs> once, once upon a time, there was a NCAA regionals at the Resch Center, which, I mean, we've covered that before, but that would be pretty nice. I wouldn't. Unfortunately, mind. the scheduling doesn't work for that anymore. Yeah, I don't remember where this year's four four are. Do we end up with a? Uh, a I would imagine. Great... I imagine there's one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Do we end up with a crazy Midwestern <laughs> one that's basically in New York City this year? I don't remember. Yeah, Allentown, my favorite part of the Midwest. Yeah. Is, no, is that? Let me see. The is Midwest that... Regionals in Providence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up the bracket now, just out of sheer curiosity as to where they are. I'm not. I do know not, this year that there's an extra day of rest between games in the first round, which yeah, would be interesting. They, they did that. Yeah. 
And I will admit, I, I was kind of, I, I whined about that a little bit uh, on Twitter. And, and last week's guest, uh, Brad, jumped in and pointed out that it's an overwhelming percentage of the team that plays in the first game actually wins the uh, wins the wins the regional. Yeah, it's it makes a lot of sense. From... Actually, significant as opposed to you know I did not did not think that would be the case. So yeah, you get an extra what four four hours of recovery time. Yep. Yeah, I, know, I, first, I think that's not insignificant. No, agreed. And for a sport that basically is you know always you know one day after another, at least out here in the West, usually one day after another, you know, it uh, seems kind of odd that that would matter, but that does, it does seem to actually make a difference. And the Midwest have, regional is actually in Allentown again. This yeah, I was about to say, I had the list of regionals. So we've got Albany, Al- Allentown, Loveland, and Worcester with the frozen four being in Boston. I'm not going to lie. If, if it ends up being going to like Albany or Worcester, that's got to be close enough to pick up three days of hockey in two places. If those two are the offsets. Yeah. Allentown too. Allentown's not far from there. No, it's like, it's it's like driving to Eau Claire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not that far. (laughs) (laughs) Not for you though. Not for you that sorry. You got a lake in the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That thing does get in the way. It, and it's, it's, it's frustrating with how many of my friends are in Wisconsin knowing that <laughs> it's, it's right there, but I've got to take the long way or unless I want to hop on like the Lake Express in Muskegon. Well, those things stop running during hockey season, so it makes it difficult yeah, yep, to get it, to Everglade uh, and mm-hmm. Ferris, right? If Which is nice running, because I would definitely go and use them. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if they had the icebreaker version, but then you'd probably be paying 300 bucks for a boat trip. Uh, you already are, to be honest. Those things are expensive. Yeah, I mean, especially if you, want to take, if you want to take a car, yeah, you're spending some good money. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I you know, use both. That, that, extra, that extra break day in the middle will be great so you can see all the sights and sounds of Allenton, Pennsylvania on your day off. I mean, Billy Joel did sing about it, right? There's got to be something going on. Well, I mean, if you look at it that <laughs> way, John Denver made a song about Toledo. That doesn't make it good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he also sang about West Virginia too. So you know, that's a great song. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. The thing about that song. song is that all of the landmarks that he mentions in the song are in a Western regular Virginia, not right. in a West Virginia the state. Yep. He never so, does. He actually say when he does. Does he ever explicitly say it's West Virginia the state versus West Virginia the region of the state? No, but the Blue the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Shenandoah River are both in the. I think the I think the Shenandoah River briefly the touches Shen- West the Virginia. Shenandoah is the border, I believe. Yeah, but the Blue Ridge Mountains do not go into West Virginia. Yeah, no, I don't. We've done that. Thanks, Rand McNally. <laughs> and there we go. There's our. There's one of our divergences. Yeah, that would not day. take long. What are we at? Yeah, seven minutes. Good work, guys. Tim will be. Tim will be proud. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna love that. <laughs> All right, so we got Dustin's prediction for Tech. What do you think, Matt? Where do you think we're going to end up this year? Um, It's fantastic for me to hear positive things about this team out of Dustin. I'm not going to lie. So (laughs) I actually think that Dustin's a little higher on this team than I am. The first thing that I want to touch on is that, you know, we all know that this is an enormous roster, and I think that's going to be a huge factor in our success because it's really going to be a matter of who's the best player each night because they're going to be the one that cracks the lineup. And I think that's going to be the key to why Tech is going to be so successful this year. I think that it's not a stretch to say Mankato is such a machine that the league is as good as theirs. I I hope that Tech can steal a game or two from them. That would make me very happy. But I think they pretty much run away with the league. I think it's not unreasonable to think Tech is – an outright second in the WCHA. They have a really good uh, playoff run in the CCHA. I think I said WCHA because I'm still breaking that myself. So yeah, it takes a while. It, it does. <laughs> so especially just looking at the competition we have, I don't see us having much trouble being anything other than second in that league. And I don't think Dustin's far off with a prediction of going to the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure how we land there, but Second, I, I second in this league, second in this league should be an at-large bid. It, it, in with the league, the way that non-conference has gone, which it hasn't been, you know, 
flawless, but yes, it has, it's been it's been good enough. Yeah, it's good enough to get two it's, teams in and an at large. It's been it's been better than a lot of recent years, especially starting off. My biggest concern would be St. Thomas being a stinker. Like I know that they're the new guy in town, but they've played a lot of out of conference and one loss to them in any you sense. You can't lose to them. You can't lose to them. You, you can't tie them. You absolutely can't let them come within striking distance. We, you've got to destroy that team right away. And that's why, you know, I had a lot of high hopes for Ferris kind of starting to break out of their shell this year, but this weekend seeing them lose to St. Thomas and then having them force overtime, that's something that also kind of scares me that Ferris might be a sticker. They've already got their win against Miami, which is big for the conference, but yeah. it's another kind of one of those things where I can see that the bottom feeders might might completely destroy us if we drop even a game to them. So that's kind of where you my... just gotta buckle up. You can't you, you can't you can't drop those games, right? I mean absolutely that's the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah, those are those are absolutely must win games. I mean, I'd say every weekend is, but but you Both. can afford you can afford losing to Mankato. You can or afford like Bemidji, yeah. losing to Bemidji. You can afford a loss to Bowling Green. Those don't hurt you. They're quality teams, and they're going to be fine. You know, you, you can survive those types of losses. Exactly, and that's precisely why I really didn't mind the game against Notre Dame. Like it was heartbreaking, but by the same metric, we forced a really good team to overtime. So that didn't hurt me too bad. But if we and end it up didn't in a hurt situation, the much. Yeah, and it, it, it shouldn't matter all that much in the long run. Right. But it's it's another one of those things where in the in the in our previous conference, if you one one loss or tie to a bottom feeder can really sink you. And that's something that I want to make sure that tech just hammers out right away. That we just mm-hmm. don't we never let them have any business in the game. I hope it's like Wisconsin where any any opponent who shows the slightest sign of weakness is gonna get bullied all night. So I agree. I think if we keep that game plan, if we're keeping the best guys in the lineup all night, we keep that mentality of we're going to bully anybody who shows us any sign of weakness. Then I have some, I have some very positive feelings about the season as well. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm pretty high on the team still, even after, even after last weekend's you know like weekend before last disappointment against Notre Dame. If they'd have played the way they did toward the end of the game, the whole game, you know, we would have been in good shape. For whatever reason, they didn't feel like starting the game off that way. I think this weekend will be uh, another big test going out to Clarkson. I don't know exactly what their record looks like so far. I'm popping over, you know, take a peek at what they're looking like so far. They're three one one and zero. Yeah, they they lost uh, up in Alaska. They split with Alaska. They had an OT tie with Canisius, and then uh, Alaska came down and they swept Alaska uh, in in there in Potsdam, I think, of the two. So they played four games against. Alaska? They've played so four far, yeah. Alaska already, yeah. That's an interesting scheduling decision. Yeah, two two up there and then two, uh, hmm. yeah, two in New right, York. Right now, honestly, their schedule doesn't look too great because they tied Canisius and they've got one loss against Alaska in there who's kind of floating out no man's land. So yeah, yeah, well, gonna, don't sleep don't sleep on those Atlantic hockey teams this year you, because oh, it, definitely sure seems, it sure seems like there's a few of them that are good. Well, and Canisius is one of them that's got one of the upsets. They Who did they upset? Didn't, uh, didn't Bentley State. beat BC? Yeah, yes. Bentley beat BC, BC and Penn State got upset by Canisius as well. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, you definitely can't sleep on them, but it seems like Tech is going to be their first real challenge, and that mm-hmm. could mean interesting things for both teams. Yeah, I agree. Right. That's a game that I was hoping to try to make it to, but it sounds like one of the things is we'll actually we will be out there going forward for the next few years. So it's not a trip that needs to happen this year from a fan perspective, right? You know, this yeah, well, you can go in a future year, you could hit up both arenas too, if that's your thing. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, that's one of the things that did come out of the Joe show today is that Joe mentioned that they've got a following it sounds like following next year, because next year is the return for the one for one. Because we've played at Clarkson, they've come this way. We're playing out that way, and they will come back to Tech again. And then for the three years following that, we'll have an interlocking schedule, basically with with Clarkson, uh, St. Lawrence University, and Lake State, where we'll go out there play uh, against St. Lawrence and Clarkson at each of their own places. You know, splitting the splitting the weekend up. And then so you guys like that that smooth segue. Yeah, See how I yeah. did that? I think that's called a segue well. in the it business did. there. Yeah, that was in a the good business. 
<laughs> We're yeah. industry professionals here at Tech Hockey, guys. That's why we have the, that's why we have the microphones. That's exactly. But it was planned. It, it was a planned segue. <laughs> Look at that. But yeah, we'll, we'll interlock with we'll interlock with them. So then they'll come back play play in the Sioux for two games. Well, St. Lawrence plays in the Sioux, you know, for two games or plays us for two games. Then the following year, those will flip flop. Clarkson will play us or or uh, or in the Sioux. I don't know which way those are coming back, but yeah. So we'll have a we'll have a bit of a, an interlocking schedule there. They were trying to work it out with Northern, but it sounds like that didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, you know, it's just Northern. They can't figure out how to think that far ahead in advance. Be my guess. So. Nah, they won't be a one and one. It'll be you know, a full series when they do come back. So, but oh. Potsdam yeah. and uh, what's the other town that they're in up there? They're they're both really close to each other. It's it's like Houghton Hancock style. Canton. It's something like that. Potsdam. No, Pot- not Canton. Potsdam. Something. I don't remember. Yeah, no, you're right. It is Canton. It's Canton. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. No, I'm Randy McNally. <laughs> I don't know, St. Lawrence is in in Canton, and then it's like you know, ten miles down the road is Potsdam, where Clarkson is. So, you know, they're they're like it's. They're, I mean, those two schools are like Tech and Northern. If Northern was in Chassel, exactly. Yeah, they're and they're in the middle of nowhere, right? The closest city to them, right. I'm almost positive, is Ottawa, Canada. It's not not a U.S. city, right? So um, Quebec. I thought it's it might have been Montreal. 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 Yeah. Montreal. Yeah. yeah no, Montreal. they're definitely closer to Ottawa, but yeah, but Ottawa doesn't count. Well. It it's is not a real city. Canada. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it's nice to see, and we've talked about this a few times. It's nice to see that interlocking type stuff, getting out east, playing eastern teams. I mean, if you look at the the interconference records, going back a few years, it it's amazing how much the WCHA or the CCHA just doesn't uh, doesn't end up playing against eastern teams and it, i think it skews us a little bit farther down because we always end up playing the big 10 the nchc so hopefully playing some ecac and, and games like that will you know reflect a little bit better on the uh on the conference record as as we can try to split those kind of games in that direction It'd be i nice like the see- overall conference strategy of making mankato and bemidji play nchc teams because they <laughs> seem to have they seem to be able to beat them yeah well Props to Ferris. Ferris Props got to their, Ferris. Yeah. Ferris. Ferris got their NCHC win. Yeah, that we'll, was. We'll take uh, on the Big Ten. We seem to do pretty good against Wisconsin. So let's take on Wisconsin. Those were really fun games to watch in person. I was really glad to just watch them uh, just get, you know, just get destroyed twice. <laughs> Such a good time. But, yeah, Ferris, is, Ferris has done their, their work. They beat Miami. They then, you know laid goose eggs against uh western but yeah well western western looks like they might actually be pretty good they're on a loss on michigan i was excited to see them beat michigan at yost i mean i know they lost in overtime the night before but they also forced overtime against that michigan team and they're supposed to be as much as we love mel on this show they're gonna be disgusting this year so the fact that western was able to do that kind of work against them definitely puts them on the national radar yeah it, it it's early in the season, but there's already teams that it's just looking like, you know, there's three three to five teams that you, you can already tell they're going to be there in the end. You know, you got Michigan and Mankato. St. Cloud State is incredible this year. And Duluth looks like they're like they always are, right? Duluth yeah, is, Duluth, is back Duluth again. seems to be pretty, pretty decent this year again as well. Yeah. So before we get too far away from our original topic of um, season predictions, I have a follow-up question. Sure. Since we're all in agreement that it, it should be a pretty successful region, um, a pretty successful season, uh, what region uh, do you think we'll be in for the NCAAs? Somewhere out east. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> not essentially. Statistically speaking, Yeah. <laughs> essentially going to be our only option unless we go to Loveland but let's see well once you get once you get down and if you're a three or four seed you're going wherever they feel like filling in right yeah interestingly enough the east regional is the host is just ECAC yeah that's not, very interesting it's not an individual team I didn't realize that was a thing 
Yeah. But Penn State, Holy Cross, and Denver are the other, you know, hosts. So, you know, I'd imagine Denver seems to be a pretty perennial. Uh, They'll probably find a way to squeak so in. They'll end up being like a number two or three that gets the advantage out there and gets to yeah, my, gets home ice, basically. I, I think there's actually some pretty compelling actual statistical reasons why we wouldn't be in Loveland. Um, Is that? Uh, because I think there's a very good chance that number one overall seed is going to, going to be Michigan, St. Cloud, or Mankato, and any of those are going to end up going to Loveland as, um, well, potentially not Michigan. But if St. Cloud or Mankato is the number one overall seed, they'll go to Loveland and they'll get Atlantic hockey. I'm not, yeah, it's something I'm not sure. I mean, Atlantic hockey, there's no, I said Penn State's the host in the Midwest and they may or may not make it. Holy Cross, I'm most likely isn't making yeah. it to. And then the say. second, and then the second part of that is there, I think there's a 50 50 chance that Denver is going to end up being a three seed, right? There are two or a three. If they're a three seed, we don't go to Loveland, right? So I think there's a lot of, you know, if you look at, you know, some of those things as you, as you add them up, the odds are that it's it's east. So. Yeah, I would rather personally go out east myself. That's where we do end up. It's a more interesting trip to the than the Colorado-Wyoming border, basically, where Loveland is. Apparently, it's like far central northern Colorado, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's cool. It's not, it's not too far from Denver. A little bit of a drive, not too far. I think you raised a great question to kind of get back to the original one of where do you think we're going to go? But the bottom line for me and how I, how I just became when I was the Misfits president and I was thinking I'm going to have to go to any of these on a dime is I just really don't care. Any trip from tech is going to suck, and I know I'm going to have to find a way to do it. But you're, not so, at, you're not at tech anymore. so I know, yeah. but it's it's, it's it not is. like any of these are going to be any better for me living in Grand Rapids. It's, I mean, a little less. No, these are these are all flights as far as I'm concerned. These are not drives. Yeah, that's fair. Now that I make like actual person money, I can <laughs> I can fly once a year. That'd be yeah. nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah, these are these are definitely these are definitely flights. It's really frustrating to me to see that the one that the you know Western hockey doesn't step up and have somebody else host a Midwest regional somewhere. I mean, we've talked about this before. There's not a lot of good spots that are there out there. Well, we we are opening up a you know a new opportunity for even more hosting in Sioux Falls, right? With Augustana there, we know North yeah. Dakota has gone there and hosted before. They have an yep. they have an arena that is a perfect size for hosting a regional in Sioux Falls, and now there's going to be a team in town. I think we're going to see a lot more Sioux Falls hosting. Is, is Sioux Falls the is that the Shield Center? Or no, that's no, far ago. It's, a, far it's ago. another Sanford Center or something. Sanford that, Arena. Okay. Yeah. Sanford names every other arena in the Dakotas right. and the Western. Shield Minnesota. Center is the Fargo. Is Fargo. Yeah, Shields and yeah. Fargo. And that's almost too small, right? Especially it, it is too well, small when you're talking about having North Dakota host, right? Yeah, it depends on who's your host, right? If North Dakota's your host versus Augustana. And I have a feeling that no matter which one of the Dakotas, even if it is Augustana that's hosting it and North Dakota's in the tournament, they're going to get sent there no matter what, right? They're going to, just like Providence in Providence when Brown was hosting, North right. Dakota's going to get sent there if it's in the yeah, Dakotas. It, well, it's a no-brainer from a – these things r- very rarely make money anyways because of how few people tend to go to the regionals compared to the conference, you know, the, the conference uh, tournaments the week or two before. It's uh, it's a no-brainer for the NCAA to send North Dakota to mm-hmm. a place that's close because their rabid fans will follow no matter where it is and fill the mm-hmm. place up. So definitely, yeah, yeah. I'd like to go to a regional this year, but I don't know. It's it's so tough. My work schedule is so crazy, and short notice trips and having a kid, you know, hanging out here that has like needs and shit. <laughs> he like has yeah. to be fed and bathed yeah <laughs> yeah tough stuff but <laughs> a little I've, bigger. I, I've been lucky enough to fall into a really understanding workplace where if i give them enough time in advance i should be able to take a day 
No, I pretty much will just take those two days off no matter what, right? doesn't matter where I'm going. Just say, all right, I'm taking taking Thursday and Friday of regionals weekend off and go from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because even if I don't go, I'll probably I'll just, just have on like, TV and just be an absolute liability at work anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. all right, even if even if I'm not there, I'm going to have a bunch of streams up so I can watch them anyways. Screw the basketball thing that happens in March. That's a lame tournament. I like the basketball tournament, but not when hockey's on. Right, exactly. I just have no desire to actually no, the, watch. The only the only good part about the basketball tournament is when Last you turn it minutes. on. When we, when you turn it on, when like the, one of the really like high favors is going to lose, and then they all start bawling, and then like it's hilarious when they're all crying in the court. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I kind of, I just like watching like the last two minutes of a March Madness basketball game is like peak sport. Like if all of basketball yes. was like the last few minutes of a game, I wouldn't miss a single game. <laughs> See, I'm the, I am the exact opposite. The last couple of minutes of basketball are the reason I hate one of the reasons I hate basketball. Oh, with all the timeouts and stuff. That's fair enough. Here's can... two minutes. Oh, by the way, here's 45 minutes of actual real time to spend in those last couple of minutes because we've stopped at 8,000 times. People are following constantly in free throws and ugh, gross. That is not basketball. It's just not my sport. I do not care for it. I don't either. That's that's interesting. Given your dad is like tech basketball's biggest fan. Yep. Yeah. No, I used to enjoy basketball. I used to go to them. I was in little Huskies growing up for a long time. Yeah, I, did, I used to enjoy it, but it's just I don't know. I'd much rather watch hockey and soccer. Those those are my sports. I enjoy those. And that and basketball is just the sounds of basketball are grating to the ear. I, I feel that also. They need to remove the squeak level, and then it would be much more pleasant to listen to and to watch. But wearing a set of earplugs to actually enjoy a game, it doesn't seem like it should be necessary to me. I'm not watching, like, a shooting competition, but yet it still is as grinding on the ears as listening to gunshots. I, yeah, I don't like basketball. <laughs> Is, is what it uh, boils down to. Well, that covers, I think, pretty well for where we think Tech's going to go. We've already talked about MSU. What do we think on the bottom? Does, does Ferris manage to finish ahead of, of, of St. Thomas at this point? I thought they were a shoe-in to finish ahead of St. Thomas going into this weekend, but after seeing how they played, I really just don't know. It's up in the and air. I think, yeah, and I, I know Harrison listens to this. And I know that I might get some, you know, some back talk from him for this, but I think Ferris should be absolutely embarrassed about their performance this weekend. Like, I don't know how a team with Bob Daniels, one of the most legendary coaches in college hockey as it sits, and, you know, having a bona fide D1 roster top to bottom even has – any trouble at all with St. Thomas because if you're asking me, they're a D two and a half team. Like there's no reason that a squad of D one players should have any trouble brushing aside St. St. Thomas. And it's it's no knock against St. Thomas. They're just not there yet. Yeah. They're just not exactly like, I don't like, I don't want to make this sound like I'm just ripping on St. Thomas for the sake of it. Like their, their situation is their situation. They made a massive jump from D three to D one and they're making do with the players that they have. They're able to attract Mm -hmm. some D one talent. They're able to move up some of their D three guys. So it's not a knock against them. And I hope that they're going to be a, I think that the success of the league kind of, it almost depends on them becoming a successful program within the next five years, which I honestly love to see because that helps us tap into the twin cities market for the league. Which is invaluable. I, I but, yeah. I guess in the long term, I don't. I don't think St. Thomas is going to be a drag on this league at all. No, St. Thomas you, is yes. going to elevate the league. It, they're just not there yet. You don't. Yeah. Spe- you don't uh, go for you know your own arena. You don't get. You don't hire Blasi if you're not looking to actually be serious about the sport. Mm-hmm. It just takes time, though. I mean, without exactly. playing an independent schedule at all, it, it's tough to go from. The you know the D three players jump into D one, getting a limited D one roster, and then you know front loading that roster all in one year, the transfer portal you know certainly does help lessen that blow a little bit in terms of recruiting people this year for them. But it uh, right, it, it's a tough transition for sure. But no, I so, do think it will be successful relatively it is. quickly. 
And I think that's so, a great call out because I don't think that St. Thomas is going to be terrible forever. But as it sits, if you're losing to St. Thomas, you've got some soul searching to do. I'm looking at Ferris's schedule and they do get St. Thomas two more times at home, which I think we know, right? Everybody plays everybody twice in the new league format. Is that, that the way it's set up? Uh, I don't think it's completely balanced. It's not or one short of balance or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a hundred percent balance. I don't think. I think there's one team you don't play, but I could be wrong there. I think Tim, that is right. Tim is our scheduling guru slash all. Yeah, it looks like they. It looks like Ferris avoids having Bemidji at home. That's their one miss. Okay. Yeah, I think that's something like that. I think you miss one yeah. series. Basically, you're one series away from a fully balanced schedule. To allow for yeah. you know enough non-conference, an extra non-conference, yeah. So yeah. yeah, they do. So so they do get St. Thomas at home again, and I mean, fair. I do. I think Ferris will finish ahead of St. Thomas, but it's it almost feels like this has to be a do or die season for that Ferris State program, right? I mean, they've been floundering for a few years, and and at some point. You know, as much of a lead, like you said, a legend Bob Daniels is at some point, they got they're going to have to make a change. You'd think. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that, you know, Bob Daniels has been coaching for nearly as long as uh, um, you know Matt's been around, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> so it's for real been about that long. Yeah, the the interesting thing, and I didn't, I guess I didn't realize this, but. Um, I didn't realize that Bob Mancini came from Ferris to Tech. So did Jamie Russell. Really? Well, at one point, Jamie Russell was an assistant at Ferris. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember if he was. I don't remember if he came directly from Ferris or not. Yeah, Bob Mancini was was Ferris's coach for the two years before he coached at Tech for four years. I honestly didn't know that. I was unaware. But no, they. You know, Bob Daniels has been there since since ninety ninety through ninety one. So that, so that's before my time even. Yeah, like I said I was I was pretty sure. I don't know exactly what year you're born, but I figured you were somewhere. Oh, crepes. <laughs> Bob Bob Daniels isn't a coach that you fire. Bob Daniels is a coach, a coach that, that retires on his own. That that retires on his own and gets a position in the athletic department, an advisor, director of operations, yeah. some kind of you know, he, he's they're not they're not gonna fire him. I mean he's meant too much to that program. But well and the crazy thing to me is that, you know, it they're only six years out from, you know, every other year being in the, in the tournament, they, they had a really good run there for a few years. They were in the national championship game. What? Nine years ago. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. Against BC. That... Yeah. That was 2011, 2012. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've, they've had runs uh, and that, you know, that, that series of like six to eight years there was really good. And then, the last three years, the trend is just harsh. I mean, 14 wins to 10 wins to seven wins to, to one last year, right? And, it wasn't and that, that one, I don't count because it was a D3 a, win. Yeah, that's a big old asterisk, right? That was against, uh, I think it was against Adrian, if I remember yes. right, last year, right? I would. That's a good win, it. though. That's a good D3 team. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you shouldn't have that a need to win against a good D3 team to get your one win. So. Well, I mean, they lost to a good D3 team last weekend. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, it's unfortunate that they are doing some overlap in terms of the CCHA, right? Ferris is playing Canisius. There's some comparisons with Atlantic hockey that I'm not excited that it's Ferris that's playing an Atlantic hockey team. If if we're going to have a team that's going to play on non-conference against Atlantic hockey, I wish it would be one where, you know, we'd, I'd feel a little more comfortable going into the weekend that they were going to be wins, you know, for the CCHA. Yeah. is the those are the guys that have have knocked off uh oh who did well, we talked about earlier they Penn knocked State, off Penn State, Penn State, Penn State right State, so yeah. and they tied Clarkson so they're they seem to be a relatively decent team so hopefully Ferris can get uh get a sweep it is at Canisius which I have no idea where it's actually located Buffalo 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 okay yep they're like the heart of downtown Buffalo they actually huh. have a really nice setup now um do I they? believe their home arena is like they share it with the Sabres. Like there's yes. the Sabres practice at, so it's like ah, a pretty nice. cool facility. It's pretty nice, yeah. 
Yeah, I've but never, I, I, never been, or never the Harbor Center in Buffalo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's right downtown Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 18, but, 1800 yeah. theater, little little arena. I I definitely hear what you're saying though. It's it's tough when your only comparison against that conference might be, end up being Ferris. That could really hurt the league down the line if they don't take care of business. Well, that's and not the only comparison. Well, yeah. Bowling Green, Bowling Green, Bowling Green, plays. Bowling Green, okay. Green play. Yeah, Bowling Green played on one of those teams. Let me look it up. I'm fast at this. Well, if you look at the uh, interconference records, what are we against uh, Atlantic Hockey right now? CCHA is no, we've played no games against so far. These will be this will be this weekend's games will be the first ones. Yeah, really? I was I swore they played. Nope, nope. Bowling Green played. hasn't played Atlantic Hockey yet. We're we're two mm. five two five and zero oh against the Big Ten. Those being our two in the two column. Against Wisconsin, two zero and one against the ECAC, three zero and zero against Hockey East, and five ten and one against the NCHC. Three zero and zero against Hockey East is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thank no, you, Mankato. We right. love you. <laughs> right. <laughs> when we're not playing you, yes. <laughs> I got no problem rooting for CCHA teams when they play out of conference. That's that's. Uh, I mean, even begrudgingly, I want Northern to win early on in the year. So that it helps everybody's power, and then just you know, yeah. I I struggle with cheering for Northern, but I I hear you. <laughs> it's a begrudging mathematical decision. It's take emotion out and realize it helps I, the formula. I, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> that's exceedingly well put. A begrudging mathematical decision. You're not cheering for them. You're making a no, begrudging mathematical decision. I like that. <laughs> that makes me feel much better about yep. it. Yeah, what I want to happen is the math to be better for everyone uh, in the CCHA, not for Northern to win. They are two separate things. But yeah, it's uh, it's not been bad against the Eastern teams, and that goes back to the you know point earlier, right? The more teams we can play out east versus you know playing the Big Ten and playing uh, the NCHC, uh, the the better I think we can do as a league as in general. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, we've we've held our own against the NCHC and the and the Big Ten so far, so it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's always interesting to see how how exactly that works out. And I do think you know the the Notre Dame game could have gone you know either way, right? We're at the end, so we could be sitting a little bit better. And from a I know it's super early season, but pairwise, we are sitting relatively decent pairwise at this point. I yeah, it's pretty early for that, but it's it's super early for that. There's almost no point to talk about it's, it besides it's three the, games. Yeah, besides you know, piss off people that think it's too early to talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, right. it, it's uh, just you know, keep winning. It's that simple, so, right? So. You know, I've been I've been in search of a second Atlantic comparison hockey with Atlantic hockey, and I have not <laughs> yeah, found one not yet. Found it yet. <laughs> um, no. I would think it's it's either going to be it'd be Bowling Green that that does it, it right? It, it was on Bowling Green. Yeah, I checked Bowling, Bowling Green and I checked Lake State and the Northern. If Bowling and Green Thomas. have one, I would be surprised if there is one. Then, yeah. Um, but how cool! Speaking of Northern and. I know we don't like to give Northern props, but how cool is it that Northern got Boston University and traveled to UP for yeah, a series? I, that, I is agree. that is sweet. That is kind of neat. That is that is definitely a, a neat thing. It also makes me wonder if uh, how many people they're going to actually be able to pull in for a game like that. Will it be a ghost town like it is when they play anybody but us? I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's anything but a sellout. I mean, they've got to realize the significance of that, right? That's... You, would, you would hope so, but then again, you also don't know the it's knuckles because... drag pretty hard down there. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, I've also I've also heard rumor mills that the locals in Marquette are still not very happy about the construction of the Barry because it was their understanding that it would be used in more of a community sense, kind of how the Mac was, because there was tax dollars used to build it. 
And then when Northern said, mm, pretty much, no, screw you, this is going to be our building and we're only going to use our events for it. I, I've heard that the community kind of turned against them for that. That's, that's all hearsay, but I believe that to be a key reason why the only games that really get much traction are the ones against Tech. Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what the reasoning there is. I know it's not that, just against tech, though. I mean, they they have big games, or they 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 get good attendance. Like when when other big name non conference teams come up, they're like, was it Michigan State? They came up. Yeah, a they had Michigan State a couple years ago. Yeah, and that was anytime, a draw. anytime the yeah. Big Ten programs show up in the UP, there's a good draw, right? Because you've got a lot of people that are fans of those Big Ten teams for other sports that look at that and go, Ooh, I understand, but at the same time, if you know anything about hockey. Boston University should absolutely be a bigger draw than Michigan State. Oh, for sure, but it's not a local draw, right? I mean, that's it's it, it's the program should be a bigger draw. I don't doubt that at all. But it's it's Sparty versus you know the Wolverines coming up. That Sparty or the Wolverines is going to draw heavy in Michigan, no matter where you are, because you got all your Walmart Wolverines and your whatever the equivalent of of Spartan fans, right? That that are going to be fans of that program just because it's a, a big state school. And I believe this. I believe the, their shop goes shop. Goes yeah. Asterisk. Yeah. RIP shop. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's what I was on there. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where you don't necessarily, the draw isn't because of the college hockey significance The draw is because of the, the, the college football following the, you know, family went there type uh, thing. So. Yeah, that is definitely a neat little little quirk, though, of the schedule. And that's – they are Hockey East, right, the Boston School? Yep. Yes. Hockey so, East. So there's a chance for some comparisons against them, and hopefully Northern cannot suck. Again, don't want to cheer for them, but, you know, you want to see a Northern sweep there. Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the sellout at Barry? Uh, let's see here. I think it's 6K. It's, four, a little, it's, it's not that big, I don't think. Is they it? had four thousand for Michigan State. Well, let me. Let me okay. I'm three, sure I can go three, look and see. Three eight. Oh, really? It's smaller than the Mac. Yeah, they're three. We're three six. I thought. That's interesting. I thought that the Mac was three six. Thirty six at, at McGinnis's yeah. seats, I think. Okay. And we're talking seats only. Well, I can look and see what they had for Tech the same season. I remember season. Because I always remember Tech being something like. 4K as a total capacity with withstanding. They had more people at the Michigan State games than they did the Tech game that year. Oh, that's interesting. Of course, it's tough to look at any of that right now with College Hockey News's site being, you know. I'm on I'm on Northern Michigan's website. To try yeah, to find I'm, it. I'm looking at College Hockey <laughs> News where you normally could have pulled all that stuff up, but like we talked about last week, that's you know kind of broken still. <laughs> the test. Let's see. Let's see how many people they drew for a Friday night game against Huntsville. Yeah, three. Three. <laughs> oh, to be gentle. Twenty five hundred. Ah, uh, so significantly less, but mm. it's still a decent number. Yeah, it's not too bad. Well, should we move on to uh, to this week's ghost game? Let's do it. Sure. All right, guys. I got my I'm ready to scribble again. All right. So last week. Yeah, I don't think I did that good last week. You I think didn't I was disa- do great. It was, it was disappointing if I remember correctly. I I led the week actually with yeah. uh, with Jack Becker from Arizona State. I had 6 points thanks to a a power play goal and a, an assist on Friday night from Jack Becker. Um second in the week was the Ghost. Figures um, Connor Ford, I believe, had a power play goal. It's either a power play goal or a goal and an assist you know, on Saturday night for the Ghost. Um, Calder, Loughran, and Cruz, who are Rob, Tim, and Matt guys, all only got one assist on the weekend for one point each. The current standings are Tim with 21. The Ghost has 12 as and has now moved into second place. <laughs> um, oh, Rob yeah, is, yeah. And I have moved up to eight points. I'm pretty happy that I now have eight. Uh, Matt, you are back to zero. 
Yeah, you're from not negatives. negative. So there you go. Anymore. <laughs> so are you eligible for Final Jeopardy now at zero, or do you have? If I could have picked Bretzman when I was when I was out that week, then I would be significantly more in the green. But yeah, you'd have like five. <laughs> what are we? What are we doing to make Tim's pick this week without a guess? We're just flipping a coin and assigning heads and tails to something. Oh, I think I think we'll just have to consensus it. We could kind of think what we, we could kind of. We could do consensus, like and get try to get inside his head. But yeah, we could do. We could do a. We could do a. What would Tim pick? Kind of a thing, real quick, and then if we can't agree, then we'll flip a coin. Yeah, I think we'll. Be, I think we'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it usually it's pretty obvious what we want to pick, and then yeah. the results do not bear out what we want to pick whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the joy of it. That's the has joy. Has been of it. It the seems, historical. It seems like it's so lines. easy, right? It seems so easy, but it, it never is. Okay, so this week. Uh, I, I called the theme scoring spree because I have selected five skaters on teams that should be big favorites with the potential to score a bunch of goals this weekend. All five of these players have a high potential to put up a high score weekend. So this is a weekend to potentially pull yourself out of a hole. Or dig it deeper. <laughs> or dig it deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first player is Chase Primo from Nebraska Omaha. Primo has scored four goals and four assists in six games this season. Nebraska Omaha is ranked 10th in the country and should have plenty of opportunities to put up some big numbers in hosting Long Island for two games this weekend. Second from Quinnipiac is Michael Lombardi. Lombardi has scored two goals and three assists so far this season in five games. Quinnipiac is ranked fifth in the country, and they're coming off a split with North Dakota. This weekend, they have a home-and-home series against American International. Third, we have Johnny Walker from Arizona State. Gross. Surprisingly, Walker has started a bit slow. He's just his team's seventh leading scorer early on in the season. He only has three goals and two assists in eight games. This weekend, Arizona State should be able to score in bunches while hosting St. Thomas. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's an interesting <laughs> choice. <there. laughs> That makes them much more appealing. <laughs> there's, there's a slight bit of woodshedery when it goes to the St. Thomas. What did St. Cloud put Woodshedery. <laughs> oh, Cloud my. 12 up on them, right, I think? Yes, yes, I think so. Um, fourth. This feels like a dirty choice either way. Nathan Smith from Mankato. Smith has scored four goals and four assists in six games this season. Mankato is currently three in the country, and they are hosting Northern Michigan for two games. Northern is a better opposing team than most of the challenge, or than most in the challenge this week. But Mankato definitely has the ability to put up huge numbers against any team, including Northern. Similar to the fourth player picked, the fifth is also from a team that can put up big numbers against anyone. Thomas Bordalo from Michigan. Bordelow has scored two goals and six assists in six games. Michigan has shown that, like Mankato, they can score in bunches. This weekend, Michigan is ranked number two in the country, and they are hosting Wisconsin for two games. And we've all seen what Wisconsin can do. They're definitely capable of giving up big numbers. So in summary, your choices are Chase Primo from Omaha, Michael Lombardi from Quinnipiac, Johnny Walker from Arizona State, Nathan Smith from Mankato, and Thomas Bordalo from Michigan. The order this week is Dustin, Matt, Tim, Rob. So I get to go first, and I should have probably put a little more thought into this ahead of time, knowing that I was going first. <laughs> um, I have it down to two players. And I am going to take Johnny Walker. It's the St. Thomas factor. 
That's yeah. It's, when you that's when you mentioned it was against St. Thomas, it's tough to not take him as the first one. I'm he's, gonna, not, he's not scoring this year. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, also, but if there's anywhere there's, to break that streak, it's you know St. Thomas. Yeah, but that's, if that's also be like, why. Let's, that's also why I picked him instead of you know one of their leading scorers. They got a guy who scored like eight goals this year already, and I figured pick and we know Johnny Walker can score, but he hasn't put up the numbers. So I wanted to try to make the goals, the points somewhat even between all the players. That makes sense. And I appreciate the, the homework that goes into doing this each week. Yeah, that's great. Um, with that, I think I'm going to take Primo from uh, Omaha. All right. So and we got to do the, Tim. the Tim consensus. So would Tim pick Lombardi from Quinnipiac, Smith from Mankato, or Bordalo from Michigan? I I can tell you, I'm I, I would bet a lot of money that he'd pick Smith from Mankato. I would also. I would say either Smith from Mankato or Lombardi from Quinnipiac would be my my two guesses for Tim. I don't think I yeah. I, so I think we give him Smith because I think that's. It. I think, I think that's, that's a pretty good, I think that's good guess. That. I wish okay. that I got this benefit, Tim. If we would have picked like Matt would have, then I would not be just digging myself out of negatives. <laughs> we tried to. We tried to. We I know. I know. You did that. your best. You did your best. But yeah, there there was an attempt. There was yeah. a, a strong attempt. So I, know. I think uh, I, I'm gonna go then with uh, Lombardi for Quinnipiac versus AIC. All right. Slightly guys, based on cool name factor over Bardello. I mean, he's a trophy, okay. obviously, right? You guys, you guys realize we're giving the ghost. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, one of Michigan's – one of Michigan. we're giving the ghost Michigan's top scorer against Wisconsin that gave up 10 goals to Tech and just got walloped by St. Cloud. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> they they gotta, they're, they're due. They're due for a win. Let's go yeah, Badgers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We, we want to see – I'm, I'm, it's one of those mathematical decisions again, right? I want to see Wisconsin win, even though better dead than red. I yeah. I like the University of Wisconsin. I hope they win just about every game that isn't against us. <laughs> yeah, well, this year, sure. <laughs> every, anytime, anytime they play us and we sweep them, I, I hope, hope they, they win the Big Ten uh, this year. Right? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Given, yeah. given my and options is, in the Big Ten, that's a good choice. This is where their season was really going to take off. By crushing Michigan twice this weekend, I would love nothing more. <laughs> That'd be a nice common opponent win. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, even without Tim, we've we've managed to get ourselves to 53 minutes. So I'm sure Tim is going to be thrilled thrilled at that. Well, I don't think we've had a lot too much throwaway stuff. So we've no, been pretty good. We've about, been pretty on topic. Yeah, yeah we've, we've done a good job. So. Do we got right. anything else then for this week, or are we? Well, uh, what, well, since we're under an hour still, what what do you guys think is going to happen this weekend? I am really hoping that we get back on the right foot here, and we need, it needs to at least be a split. That, that's that's minimum success on the weekend, right? Uh, non conference games can't get swept. Uh, that hurts, but I do. I do think we see a split this weekend. I will. I will go straight for the easy button and call. Call the split. Okay. I think we we lose on lose on Friday, win on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a smart decision. But this is the part of the podcast where I smash the homer button, <laughs> and I say that Tech's going to get the sweep. And my reasoning for that is, you know, abs- after absolutely dusting Wisconsin and showing what this team's capable of, and then really sticking in there with Notre Dame, who I do believe to be a much better team, I. I think they have what it takes to sweep Clarkson if they come in with the right mindset. I hope the week off doesn't do too much to affect that because we've seen that go both ways where the week off can really help or it can really hurt. So I do think the the smart man's game is a call to split, but that's not the kind of man I am. I'm smashing the homer button and we're going with the sweep. <laughs> I, I agree with Matt. Um, and I agree with Matt because they went to Wisconsin and won two games in Wisconsin. If you can go to Wisconsin and beat the Badgers twice, you can go to Clarkson and you can beat Clarkson twice. Yeah. So I, I think I, they do it. I think that's, I don't think it's too much of a homer smash either. I do think that's not a bad choice. I, I'm, 
I'm hoping for us. Yeah. But do we? Does anybody know what we've got for options for watching the games this weekend? Um, uh, ESPN Plus. Is it yeah, ESPN Plus? Yeah, because that's, ECA sees all in ESPN Plus, right? That's true. I already pay for that. I don't know why I don't watch more of those games. Oh, fantastic! On Friday and Saturday, and that's how I watch the Bundesliga. So it better it better be on ESPN Plus now that I mention it. But I'm <laughs> I'm fully expecting that it's going to be there. No, I think I think you are correct. I think all their games are are that's there. That's what so. that's what Clarkson's website has, and I have it ahead of, in front of me here. It says ESPN Plus. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's a super easy. And if you super easy to watch them. Yeah, and if the listeners don't have it, I highly recommend doing it because you can get NHL games on there now, and there's there's a lot of good content on there. It's five and bucks a month. It's not that expensive, right? And I think you can even bundle it with you know it bundles with Hulu and stuff like Hulu and Disney for, Plus. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's really not a bad it's not no, a bad they, purchase. They have a vast they have a vast majority of the European soccer leagues too. If if that overlap is there at all, they have the. They have La Liga in Spain, Serie A in Italy, and I'm pretty pretty sure those two they've got. And then the Bundesliga is definitely there. I've been using it to watch the Bundesliga for a while. So since they switched over from Fox, it's and it's a good app. It works pretty well for the most part. Yep, I've I've liked it. I I got it originally to watch UFC. Sure, but yeah, there's tons of content on there. It's there's a lot of sport on there that I don't I don't touch anything but the soccer stuff personally. Well. We've got one more thing, and um, I just want to I just want to warn everyone. This has got this is an, an explicit content warning. Oh, that's right. We um, have uh, please, we have a please, Dustin needs to read. Yeah, this is a five star review, but there's um, there's some pretty yeah. disturbing stuff in this review, and I am contractually <laughs> required to read it. Um, yeah. If you Shoot. have young kids in the car, please um, stop the podcast early. And don't expose them to this kind of blasphemy. <laughs> so, and I quote, this is by far and away the best Michigan Tech hockey podcast out there. Not only that, but the hosts have more beards than your average Amish podcast. I don't know what an, I don't know what the average Amish podcast is. I I don't think the Amish know what podcasts are. Do they? Yeah. But we'll go with it. We'll go with mm-hmm. it. If I had to rank the beards, and I, I actually do like this part. If I had to rank <laughs> the beards of the podcast hosts, I would say number one is Dustin, number two, Tim, number three, Rob, number four, Matt. We're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> also, it's clear that the NCHC is the greatest hockey conference, and its creation was a good thing for college hockey. Bruce Siski is a better play-by-play guy than Dirk Hembroff. That's where, if we have the ability to put a beep in afterwards, that's the that needs to be added over top of that bit. Yeah, that's that is definitely the the, the explicit content right there. Don't let your don't let your kids hear that. Yeah. Anyway, keep up the good work. This is a great source for MTU and college hockey talk. And. Thank you to Bidco See, for I, that. I, uh, I don't uh, great review. <laughs> I didn't see the little note of who it was, but it was pretty <laughs> easy to uh, to sniff out Biddy's influence on on that right there. <laughs> no, and I knew I, I knew it right away because you know he couldn't deny an opportunity to dunk on me in a semi-public <laughs> forum. So <laughs> I do appreciate his his weekly um, where's Siski uh, yeah. tweets. I do laugh at those every week. Yeah, we all love Mr. Bethlehem. They are pretty, <laughs> they are pretty humorous. So yeah, that does uh, that does get us past the hour mark. So I think, I think that's it. I think we're good to go for this week. And now, hopefully, I can figure out how to give all these files to Tim successfully. And so, we don't know we don't know what Tim's regular like what he says at the end. So we're just yeah, gonna. I just want to say thank you for the thank you notes and thanks. And the podcast is now over. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Thanks to the guys for holding down the fort while I was not feeling great the other day. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the white level or above get access to Zoom chats featuring guests like john scott joe sean brad patterson and more to come 
Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach to tell your friends. Uh, as you heard earlier, uh, Dustin wrote, read a review that had some naughty phrases in there by Bidco, but I guess we'll all live. If you'd like to have your review read, please give us five stars and leave a review, and maybe we can fix some of that mojo that uh, Bidco left with his review. Um, But yeah, Dustin will read the review no matter what it says. Uh, So let's get some ratings and see what you have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, uh, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha